Hello? Okay. Good morning. Okay, who was in charge of picking him for scripture reading? How can you top that? I mean, come on. Why would you do that to me? Um, what was the time of the year again? I'm not talking about you missing the deadline for paying your taxes. I'm talking about me having the opportunity to preach to, the, to you. And this morning, so every morning, we're going we're gonna to listen to the Word of God. And as I was thinking, I was like, what, what's a good message to give today? And I, I believe that we're going through a lot of changes lately, right? We've been experiencing different changes. Last year was a difficult year. This one looks like a difficult year as well. And if you feel bad about it, just you can, you can imagine how I feel. Uh, I got here two years ago. I'm starting to, to get to know everyone. And then we, we see Brian, Angie. I never say that we lost Rodney because he's still here. He, he, he just goes to Ghana a lot. And Richie. And you start wondering, what am I doing to them? Do, do, do I smell bad? Is that why they don't want to be here when I'm here? No, but we understand that change happens. Change has to happen. I was looking through, through, the, uh, through the Bible and through the Internet as well, and I want to read something to you, okay? Uh, someone was talking about that they saw a, a bumper sticker where it says that I'll keep my money, you keep, you keep the change. I'm pretty sure you've seen that bumper sticker in a lot of cars. Probably you have one. I don't know. And the, the reality is that we don't like change. Uh, most people don't, don't like change. Uh, as uncomfortable as change can be, it is very necessary as well. Uh, it happens through, through, all, through, our, through all of our lives. When we were in kindergarten, you had to change to elementary school. When you were in elementary school, you had to go to middle school and experience some change. When you were in middle school, you went to high school. We have a few kids today that they're in high school right now and they're about to experience college. Change happens. Change has to happen. I, let me tell you a little story about my brother-in-law. I have, a, uh, I have two brother-in-laws, but one of them just is about to finish college. I think I believe he's 23, 24. I don't remember how old he is. And he lived in college his whole time there in college. He was living a, in commerce, Texas A&M commerce, and he just moved back to his parents' house. Uh, he's almost done, but he has to experience that now that he's back at home, he has to follow his parents' rules again. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the Hispanic culture is a little different. You don't really leave your house until you get married. It doesn't matter if you're 25, 26, 30 years old. You do not leave your house until you're married, for the most part. I want to say everyone, but for the most part. So as we were talking to him, he was talking to his mom, and he was pretty much hinting that he can't wait until he gets married. So you can have some freedom. <laughs> Poor boy. He doesn't know that he's going to have to ask for more permissions when he's married than, than right now. But he was, he was talking about that. And, and I was trying to explain to him, you know, once you get married, there, that, that's a big change for you. Now, now you, have to, you have some responsibilities that you have to fulfill. You have to pay rent. You have to pay your car. You have to pay bills. You're going to have children. You have to raise them right. So change is happening. And I understand that 
Richie is going to say goodbye to us pretty soon. He's been here for 19 years. And how do you prepare yourself for that? Well, there is a story in the Bible that tells us what to do. That is Joshua chapter 1. Now, if you think that 19 years is hard, the 19 years is difficult, can you imagine what the Israelites were feeling? What they were feeling when Moses was about to die? The person that looked after them, that, that was in front of them the whole time, 40 years guiding them. And they were about to change from Moses to Joshua. So God was talking to Joshua at this time. And as you saw in the scripture, uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse uh, 6 and 7. I want you to go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. And God is letting Joshua know that the key for this, for the key for this to happen, to be successful at whatever he's about to do, he tells Joshua, you need to be strong and courageous. And in verse 7, he repeats it again. And he tells them again, you have to be strong and very courageous. Because what is, what's coming next, it won't be easy. As a matter of fact, it's going to be very difficult. But I'm with you, Joshua. I'm right next to you. It can be done. So my, my first point for today, for this morning, as we go through this change, I want you to understand that it's not going to be easy. It won't be easy. It will be pretty difficult. But God wants us to be strong. And God wants us to be courageous. And God wants you to know and to understand that whatever happens, He's still in charge. And He wants you to remember that. And that the main goal for all of us, the main goal for all of us, as, as much as we love Richie, we all do, I do. And it was difficult for me when he told me that he was leaving. But as, as difficult as it is, our main goal is not to keep the preacher forever. It's to get to the promised land. No matter what. And no matter who. Our main goal is to get there. And Richie, Richie is one of the many instruments that God is going to use. Throughout our lives. And we need to remember that. It won't be easy. Change is never easy. But it's very necessary. Now. Whoever comes next. We really don't know who's coming. We don't know. Still in the process. But don't ask that person, whoever it is, to be just like Richie. Because it won't be. Do you remember the story of uh, David and Goliath? 
And I, and I want to I want to apologize for if I mispronounce some names. It's so difficult to write the names in English. But do you remember the story of David and Goliath? And I was reading the story all over again. And when David went to Saul, the, the king, and told him that he was about to fight Goliath, uh, the king told David, "Okay, you're going to have to wear the armor that I'm going to that I'm about to give you." And he gave him the armor and some bronze helmet and all this other stuff. And when David was putting it on, he, he He noticed that it wasn't fitting him right. And David told the king, this is not me. This is, I can't use this. Let, let me use whatever I'm used to using. So David went over uh, onto the river and grabbed five stones and was ready to fight Goliath his own way. So I want you to remember that whoever comes is going to have its own personality. It's going to be, maybe it might be completely different. But God uses different people for different purposes. And I want you to remember that too. I want you to remember that. I, w I want to read something to you. And I want you to, to remember this as well. God cannot and will not be limited to using one person. God cannot and will not be limited to using one person. He will be using different people throughout our lives. And we need to understand this. And we need to be okay with this. And if five, ten years from now... We had to look for another preacher. So I don't want that to happen. I don't believe that I do. I need to remember what Hebrews chapter 13 tells us. That all the preachers comes and preachers go. God is still the same one. It was the same one yesterday. It is the same one today. And will be the same one tomorrow. And my faith. And your faith is not in whoever's standing over here preaching to you. It's in Jesus Christ. And he will be the same one. Have you ever read Hebrews chapter 11 when he talks about all those examples of faith that we have throughout the Bible? In chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it finishes us telling us that we have to keep our eyes in Christ. That is, whoever, that is who we're following. That is who we are following today and tomorrow. Another thing that I want you to remember as, as we go on with this process of look, looking for someone else and filling all this uh, vacant spaces that we're going to have, please, please help All those that are in charge of this change. Please help our elders. Please help our deacons. Please help the people at the office, even the secretaries. They're, they have a long process ahead of them. And they need all the help they can get. And they need us at this moment, this time. Um, I, as I was trying to come up with a point for this... I was remembering uh, 
I was remembering Moses' father-in-law. I, I don't know if you, all of you remember him. And I'm going to try to pronounce his name. I believe his name in English is Jethro. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. As, uh, when Jethro was talking to Moses, he was letting him know. And this is in Exodus chapter 18, verse 17 and 18. And I'm going to try to read just a little bit. Jethro told Moses, what, what, what you're doing isn't good. You're going to wear yourself and the people out. The work's too heavy for you. You can't handle it alone. Jethro told Moses to find God-fearing leaders to help him on this process. And I'm asking you the same thing. This process is not easy. It's pretty difficult. It's pretty hard. It's, it's going to be pretty long as well. And they need all of our help. All of it. So, instead of maybe complaining on what's going on or what's going to happen, we might be want to ask our, We might want to ask ourselves, what can I do to make it better, to make a smoother change, to make a smoother transition? What can I do? What's in my power to make this happen? Now, once again, once again, I understand the saying goodbye to someone is not easy. Actually, it's pretty difficult. I want you to go to Acts chapter 20 with me. Acts chapter 20. And I'm going to give you the verses in a minute. And I just want to go over chapter 20, Acts chapter 20. I just want to go over what's going on here. In Acts chapter 20, verse 13 and on, the, the Apostle Paul is saying goodbye to the, to the elders of that congregation. And he's pretty much telling them and letting them, know, letting them know that once he leaves the congregation, there will be a lot of difficulties. A lot of people that will come in, that, that will be inside of the church trying to hurt the people inside of the church. And there will be people from outside of the church trying to hurt the church as well. And he's letting them know that this will happen and that they need to be ready. He's warning them of what's about to happen. And he's saying goodbye to the congregation at this time. And, and I want you to read chapter 36 and 37 with me. He says, when he had said, when he had said this, he, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. 38. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied, accompanied him to the ship. Like I said, it's pretty hard to say goodbye to someone. This people right here, this brethren in chapter 20, they're saying goodbye to the Apostle Paul. And, and it says that they will never see his face again. I, I don't believe that's going to happen with us. Um, uh, we have a lot of things today that you can still see Richie. You, see, you can still say goodbye to him. You, you can still say hi to him. We have FaceTime. We have Facebook. We have text message, phone calls, everything that you can do to, st 
still be in contact with that person. But still, saying goodbye to someone is hard. It's difficult. But once again, change is necessary for growth. I want to finish with this. The last thing that I want to ask you today, the last thing that I want to ask from you is to pray. Pray for whoever is coming. Once again, we don't know who that is. As a matter of fact, we're still in the beginning of the process of everything, and everything will be explained to you later. But pray for whoever's coming. When I was when I was um, when I was dating um, my wife, now, now it's my wife. But when I was dating Paloma, um, after two years of dating each other, her mom told told me. She said, "Do you know that I've been praying for you? Once we were engaged, I believe we were engaged already." She said, "Do you know I've been praying for you since the day my daughter was born?" I was like, how is that? She said, since she was born, I always pray that God, I always pray to God that he would take care of whoever was going to be her husband. And to make sure that was going to be a, a godly person. A person that will follow God. And she said, I didn't know who that person was going to be. I have no clue. But I knew that God knew who, who that person was. And I wanted to make sure that he knew that I was putting you in his hands. And I want to ask you the same thing today. As we go on, as we move with this, pray for, for whoever's coming. We don't know who that is. We don't know who it is. But prayer is very needed at this time. Pray, Dad, that we keep growing, that we keep loving each other each and every day, that we can become a better church, a better family in Christ. There were, in this process, they were asking us, they were asking the staff the other day, what is the thing that you love the most about the congregation? And they asked me this question as well. And I, was, I, I sat there for a second and I was thinking about what my answer was going to be. And I didn't tell you what my answer was. I told them the thing that I love the most about this con congregation is the love that we have for each other. Since the very first day I got here, they made me feel like they've known me for so many years. And they still do until this day. It doesn't matter if I see you at Walmart or I see you at uh, Home Depot or any other restaurant because that's where I spend most of the time. You will still say hi to me. You will still notice me. And you have shown me and my family how much you love us. 
And right now, at this time, that is what we need. To love each other, to show support for each other, and to keep moving forward. I know we can do this. I know this is just one more step before we get to the promised land. All I need to know is are you willing to take this step with me? And with the rest of the congregation. Being a Christian, it's not easy. It was never intended to be easy. If someone ever told you that once you become a Christian, your life will be easier, they lie to you. It is not. But it's worth it. Every single minute of it. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12, I believe it's from 12 to 18. The Apostle Peter is letting us know that we will be tested. Every single one of us has to be tested. So I want to let you know, it's not easy. It won't be easy, but it's worth it. And if you're here today, if you're here with us today, and you're still not a member of the church, if you're still not a member of the body of Christ, today is the opportunity to be. Today is your chance to be part of this amazing family that we have. Today is your chance to be part of something greater than any one of us. You can be baptized today for the remission of your sins. And to be part of this great body of Christ. I'm going to ask all of you to stand with me as we sing this song of invitation. These are the days of Elijah.